Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered how inbred the Habsburgs really were? What women in the past used for birth control? Or what Queen Victoria's nine children got up to? On the History Tea Time podcast, I profile remarkable queens and LGBTQ plus royals, explore royal family trees, and delve into women's medical history and other fascinating topics. Join me every Tuesday for History Tea Time, wherever fine podcasts are enjoyed. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries, of curiosities, of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. So you just got back from the dentist. How'd it go? I know you've been agonizing over the prospect for, well, a week now. (laughs) Yeah, well, um, I had had several appointments that I had canceled over the past year because, you know, things were weird there for a while. Well, yeah, and your anxiety. There's that also. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, yesterday while I was going in, I I made a TikTok about how I was waiting in the parking lot just until my my body said, "Okay, we're we're all ready." Uh-huh. And uh it's amazing how many people were like, "Oh my gosh, I do this too." <laughs> and someone <laughs> commented something that is exactly words that came out of my mouth while I was in the dentist's office. Which were what? Ruby May 99 said, I sat through three hours of a tattoo session and I can't handle a cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> and Why I'm like, is that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm the same, though. Like, but, I, I can sit for a tattoo like a champ, but I get into a, a dentist chair and I start to feel all like buttery in my eyes yeah, really wow um i i i feel that i get that mm-hmm. i i think it's just there's something about people touching my teeth i don't like it sure no it's that inside it's inside of it's me it's inside that's inside of me and you're touching me with metal scrapey things right please don't do that and sometimes you know you can feel them like really going at it with uh, the scrapey things and yeah. you're like if you slip I'm you're going to you're going to slice me open. That's going to go right up through my nasal cavity and give me an involuntary lobotomy <laughs> or like mummification style. You know, right. You're going to start yanking yank out, it out my yeah, brain. Sure. And then you'll never be able to follow up on your TikTok account. That's right. What with a punctured nasal cavity and no brain. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> what you got for me? Zealand is a large island that's part of Denmark. It's home to the capital, Copenhagen. And in the Viking Age, in this region, 
a drag meant a narrow stretch of land that ships could be dragged up across. Okay. Um, it can also mean a small stretch of land. And in, in during this time period, the waters of Zealand were very dangerous. So it was actually safer in some cases to drag your, your boat uh, across these stretches rather than try to navigate around the island. Hmm. Now, prior to the damming of Lammerford, which I had to look up, uh, there was a narrow stretch that connected the rest of Zealand. So now we know that that's called a drag, that, that stretch. That, you, you get it. You were there. I do. I was. And then there was built Dragsholm Slot or Dragsholm Castle. Which I don't know why castle came out that way. Castle. It's because I was trying really hard to say drags home right. And then it came out castle. 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 Oh, like Carl, Carl von Castle. Castle. That was a good one. Anyway, um, so this drags home castle was built in 1215 by the Bishop of Roskilde as a palace, imagined as the residence of nobles and kings. And because it was built in 1215, it's one of the oldest palaces or one of the oldest castles in Denmark. During the Middle Ages, the building was modified from its original palace state to being a fortified castle. Oh, good. They didn't make condos. That's good. Right. (laughs) Or paved paradise and put up a parking lot. I hate when they do that. I know. I also do not like that song. While the Count's War, which paved the way for the reformation of Denmark, raged, this happened uh, in the mid-1500s, Dragsholm was the only castle of Zealand that withstood the armies of Count Christopher, who supported the Catholic King Christian II until the election of Christian III deposed him. Then in the 16th and 17th century, parts of this building were used to house prisoners of noble rank. The prisoners were assigned to custom cells built to fit their crimes, actions, and the nature of their behavior toward the king. Interesting. So if you were particularly nasty, uh, then you had a particularly nasty cell. I wonder what would determine one cell more nasty than the others. Um, I think that it would depend on a lot of things. I mean, I'm sure that you could come up with some ways that you would think a room was nastier than another room. We certainly have a system when it comes to hotels. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. If there's blood splatter, we're not staying. We're out. Listen, you got to have standards. <laughs> <laughs> like that one room we went in and the carpets were soaking wet, but only in one spot. So weird. I didn't even want to know. Oh. <sighs> anyway. James Hepburn, the fourth Earl of Bothwell and the third husband of Mary, Queen of Scots, was prisoner in Drag's home during this period. The mad squire, Ealer Brokenhouse, was also imprisoned in one of the cells. The mad squire? The mad squire. I love that name. <laughs> that is the coolest old-timey name I've heard. It's a pretty good one. Well, during the wars against Charles X, Gustav of Sweden, an attempt was made to blow up Drag's home castle. As the place was in ruin then, the king, as part of his payment of outstanding debts, gave the castle to a grocer. A grocer? Now, I can only imagine that maybe the the position of grocer meant something else at the time. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure exactly. Uh, But he (laughs) got a castle. The neighborhood grocer. 
That's a neighborhood grocer is something funny at our house. Uh, we we say a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how this started. <laughs> available at your neighborhood grocer. We say that a lot, and also if you're being um, particularly lovey dovey or something, I'll be like, "Don't be a neighborhood grocer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, just one it of means those nothing weird anymore. little things we do. Okay, he started a restoration. Then in 1694, Drag's home castle was sold to the nobleman Frederick Christian Adler and finally was rebuilt in the Baroque style. The Adler family actually owned it until 1932. Ooh. And then um, the the family line uh, stopped. The, the the Adlers went extinct. Mm-hmm. They yeah. failed to continue to breed. And so, with no further heir, the Central Land Board took up the deeds of ownership. And after about five years, the castle was bought by J.F. Botger. And it remains today under the management of the Botger family. Today, the building exists as a luxurious hotel. Shut up. With lavish rooms and a Michelin rated restaurant on site serving locally sourced food. The tire company? No. They why are they considered experts of international fine dining? <laughs> it's different, slightly different company. All right. If you say so. <laughs> so you can actually go on a tour of this incredible castle. Um, there are several tours available. You can see the rooms, you can uh, experience the the social rooms, you can see the the drawing away rooms, Ooh. you know, um, or you can book the ghost tour. All right, now we're talking. Bum, bum, bum. You were like, why are we talking about this building? Well, it's because ghosts. Yeah, well, no, the building itself is interesting, but now it's fascinating. I know, but we have to go there. It looks so beautiful. Anyway, okay, ghosts. Psychics and mediums have visited Drag's home castle on multiple occasions and repeatedly have identified active spirits. Mm. In particular, several repeatedly by independent sources. So the castle was seized by the Danish king during its history. This was when the king rose to challenge the church and feuded with its leadership. And in the case of Denmark, one of those leaders was the powerful Bishop of Roskilde. So he was imprisoned in Drag's home. Ecclesiastical prisoners were relegated to cells in the tower located in the castle's center. This space is now modern hotel rooms. So guests who've stayed in this area of the hotel repeatedly report moaning and wailing coming from the hallways of the second floor. And it's always in the area of the tower cells. I've heard moaning and wailing in a few hotels we've stayed in, too. (laughs) Usually the ones with the wet carpet. After being captured in Norway, James Hepburn was brought to Drag's home. He was tied to a post in the dungeon and given just enough food and drink to allow him to not die. Um, So I would imagine that would be a particularly nasty setup in in a cell, you know. Being tied to a post, I would think, would be worse than not being tied to a post. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. Yeah. Um, driven mad by the inability to move and the condition within that cell, he died five years later at the age of 44. Five years? Five years. Oh, my God. So, obviously, a tortured existence. That is a living hell. And it's said that his ghost cannot rest and appears in the courtyard of the castle. Ooh. Sometimes his ghost is seen riding a horse-drawn carriage through the courtyard. 
guests report hearing horse hooves in the courtyard of Drag's home slot. Even people who don't know his story report hearing horses. Interesting. Even though there have not been horses on site in years. So we talked about the Mad Squire. You remember the Mad Squire. I love the Mad Squire. He was a Danish nobleman imprisoned within the castle. And again, it's said that the confinement in that filthy dungeon is what drove him mad. And many people report hearing his moans and groans floating from where he was imprisoned up to the main floor of the castle. But it's not just dudes. It's not just dungeon dudes. Is it dungeon dames as well? It is. The White Lady is believed to be the ghost of Celestine Marianne de Boyan Gilderstein, a Danish family of nobles. So apparently, because she was uh, the the daughter of noble people, who she was allowed to pair herself with was very uh, selective. It was regulated. And she found that there was a young stable boy that she dug on. Uh-oh. Um, and she became impregnated with the stable boy's spawn. Oh, no. So her father killed the guy when the pregnancy was discovered. That seems reasonable. Yeah. And so he also was not crazy fond of the idea of her anymore. So he bricked her into a wall in the dungeon and left her there to die. Really? Yeah. That's some harsh parenting. Uh, her figure has been seen wandering Drag's home hallways, and she always appears to be mourning. Her anguished cries heard throughout the building, and people report seeing uh, her figure in the hallways searching for her baby. Ooh, that is so sad. If that's true, I wonder if anybody has tried to find her skeletal remains and unbrick them. Maybe that would help. When structural renovations were made to the castle in 1910, the skeletal remains of a woman in a white dress were found within the walls. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm, But she's still there. She's still tootling about. Somebody needs to show her how to go into the light. (laughs) So the ghost tour includes a two-night stay, a tour highlighting the spooky occupants, and dinner at the gourmet restaurant. So I think that's absolutely something that we need to do. I wonder how much a stay there would be. We're going to have to check that out. I would love to go. It's so gorgeous. But it's not cheap, though. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) That was a great story. Oh, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And I'm surprised that you did a ghost story. That is so out of character for you. Well, I think that the castle's history is really neat anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I figured eh, I'd throw in some ghosts for you. Okay. Because I love you and I support you. Does that mean I have to do a segment on placemats? now placemats i don't know just seems like something you would do you take a mundane topic like placemats and you somehow make it interesting (laughs) i don't know how many mundane topics i've done (laughs) though apparently people think i'm obsessed with birds like i love birds but i'm not obsessed obsessed. (laughs) you're always in the bedroom scolding the crows out the window (laughs) i never scold crows well they're not in our in our bedroom but yeah out the window i do not scold crows squirrels i know you scold squirrels there we go okay yeah Okay, so technically squirrels aren't birds. You win (laughs) on a technicality. Anyway, I loved it. Thank you for sharing that with me. Oh, well, I I think you're great. Don't be a neighborhood grocer. (laughs) And now, that thing in the middle. Most female animals have two ovaries. However, female chickens have one ovary and a prototesticle. If a chicken becomes so ill that it risks its ovary being damaged, it may turn into a male to protect itself. 
This means that female chickens can turn themselves into males by growing a set of testicles. Males, however, can't convert to females. Did you know the curator's favorite color is blue? Of course you didn't, because you never ask about my feelings. This is The Box of Oddities. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? <sighs> Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parenting kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life, Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, 
And of course, stock ideas. Plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. Carrie sent us uh, an email. Hello from Perth, Australia. Boy, Australia's come up a few times today. I'm compelled to write this email about a recent boo effect that hit me. I was at work at the end of a long day, sitting in the office with a male and female colleague. We had just said farewell to another colleague who had celebrated his last day at work, and we were discussing farewell gifts. Dave mentioned a previous workplace where, as a joke, they had given him a vibrating butt plug as a gift, which led to Deb telling us about the butt plug starter pack she'd found in her daughter's rubbish bin. <laughs> the conversation then turned to what we would expect to receive if we, if we left, and of course, several versions of butt plugs were thrown out there. By now, we were laughing our heads off. And Deb is now asking what size I would like. I told her I'd have to measure when I got home because I wasn't sure. (laughs) At this point, we dispersed and I headed out the door for my drive home. I got in the car. Straight away, as I always do, I check my podcast for any new ones that have dropped during the day. The only one there was Box 333. So I hit play and off I went. Not five minutes in. You guys were talking about how far an anus can stretch. (laughs) I was so damn excited to have the answer to our earlier question. I nearly dialed work to let them know. (laughs) So thanks, JG and Kat, for always having the answers to the most important questions in life and at the right time. Love you guys. You always make me smile. Carrie, and the answer, of course... based on that episode, is that you you can fit two raccoons in your ass. Almost two. Almost two, yeah. Well, there has never been a truer sentence than the one that I'm about to utter. Okay. Are you ready? I guess. Farts are funny. (laughs) Let's be honest. Everyone thinks farts are funny. Um, A a newborn baby could come tumbling out of the birth cannon. You could pick it up. You think a baby falling is funny? Well, in this case, it's a cartoon baby in my mind. Um, comes tumbling out of the birth can and you could pick up this little cartoon baby Uh or any baby really Uh and go and the baby will smile yeah because farts are funny it's in our dna does the baby know that that sound is a fart it doesn't matter oh because the sound itself is funny okay it's evolution for some reason way back in 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 the days of yore back our, our earliest ancestors for some reason discovered that farts were funny and somehow it was good for our community. Maybe fart humor brought people together. I don't know. Maybe it was the first joke. But regardless, it's been indelibly imprinted on our DNA down through the millennia. Mm. In 2018, researchers at a university in England traced down an ancient fart joke all the way to 1900 BCE. Oh my goodness. It's an ancient Sumerian fart joke. (laughs) And it goes like this. Oh, my God. And and remember, 4,000 years ago. Okay. Quote, something which has never occurred since time immemorial. A young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. (laughs) All right. So maybe the humor doesn't translate too well. No, it's not great. Down through the millennia. But uh, that is the oldest fart joke known to man. Wow. So far. 4,000 years years old so today is your topic about farts it's yep fart facts fart facts today in more recent history william shakespeare william good old bill oh right yep he was known to enjoy a good fart joke from time to time in fact many consider him 
the master of the fart joke. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's been so top of mind yeah. these last couple episodes. It's really kind of how it led me to the topic of farting. Villain? I hath done thy mother. In Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors, Dromeo of Athesis says, quote, A man may break a word with you, sir, and words are but wind, and I break it in your face, so he break it not behind. Again, doesn't translate no. too well down through the centuries, Smart but 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 William Shakespeare was telling fart jokes. That's that's pretty incredible. It's an Elizabethan fart joke, everyone. Geoffrey Chaucer in Canterbury Tales, he had one of his characters quote, "Let fly a fart as loud as a thunderclap." <laughs> I love classic literature. <laughs> James Joyce in Ulysses, he didn't he didn't no. yeah he didn't uh, shy away from from fart talk in Ulysses. In real life, Joyce was really into farts. Um, he really upped his fart game when it came to fart talk. Oh yeah, yeah. He actually found something romantic in farting. When Joyce wasn't busy writing some of the most important and influential works of the 20th century, he wrote some pretty nasty notes to Nora Barnacle, his wife and longtime muse. Um, they found one of his letters from December of 1909, and in it, um, he used the word fart ten times. Did he have a fart kink? I don't know, but but he seemed to draw a parallel between farting and things that he loved. So I I don't know. All right. Well, I suppose it's a pretty intimate thing, especially for that time. Sure, sure. You know, you wouldn't fart in front of just anybody. Well, I don't know. At one point, he said, quote, I think I would know Nora's fart anywhere. No. I think I could. I want, I want for you to never be able to identify my fart. <laughs> I think I could pick hers out in a room full of farting women. No. He described Nora's farts as, quote, a rather girlish noise. <laughs> did you ever wonder if clams fart? N- nope. Well, never did. Well, they don't. Oh, okay. Just so you know. Not every animal does fart. Octopuses, they don't fart. Sure. Um, although that could have been really a form of, of mobilization for them, you know. Fart, instead it, of the, like a little jet the engine. ink jet? Sure, yeah. It's a fart jet. Fart and it pro- jet. propels them forward. Sea anemones don't fart. No. Birds don't fart. And sloths. Do not fart. They may very well be the only mammal that doesn't fart. Really? Yep. Maybe they just fart really slow so we don't know about it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That could be. I've done that exact thing on an airplane. (laughs) One of the biggest fart offenders in the animal kingdom is a termite. Oh? Yeah. Even though termites are tiny and they're little tiny itty bitty termite farts are only like a half microgram of methane. Um, I remember reading this. Yes. But when you consider they live in colonies of millions and millions, it adds up about 20 million tons of methane per year or one to three percent of the global methane emissions is attributed to termite farts. Do you remember that series of greeting cards that I made with fun animal facts on the front? Yes. That was one of the termite. Really? One of the termite facts. It was the only termite fact. But it was the one of the cards. That's lovely. Yeah. You should follow up on that. I think that that has marketing potential. <laughs> for other animals, farting isn't just a fun amusing pastime like it is for us humans. The Bolson pupfish is a fish that's found primarily in northern Mexico. It feeds on a certain type of algae. And that type of algae that it eats produces immense uh, gas bubbles. 
in, in warm temperatures. So you eat it and then it gets warm and it expands and it becomes dangerous for the fish Oh, or at least the fish intestines. It makes it difficult for the fish to swim if it doesn't fart. Uh, so if it doesn't fart, it dies essentially. Not so much because it can't move properly, but because when the farts collect, it floats to the top of the water and it's easy for the predators to eat it. Oh, sure. And if that doesn't get it, then the gas bubbles will rupture its intestines. Right, or sunburn. So, yes, that's true, too. So for the Bolson pupfish, farting is good. Shouldn't you just, like, stay away from that algae? (laughs) It's all they eat. Like, I don't eat truffle oil, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to see you floating to the surface. A recent study was conducted to put to rest once and for all the age-old question of whether farts really do smell worse in the shower. The answer is yes. What? Um, First of all... I've never heard this. It's obvious the the lack of clothing. You know, when you fart through your pants or your dress, some of the clothing will absorb (laughs) some of it. In the shower, there is none of that. An obvious lack of clothing. No barrier. No barrier. No fart barrier. Uh, Being in the shower... You're in an enclosed space, so there's nowhere for the fart to go. And then there's evidence that steam from the shower can actually enhance your sense of smell. So it really adds to an overall bad showering experience. <laughs> Plus, who wants to shower in fart droplets? Yeah, no one no one wants to deal with a, a shower stall full of steam farticles. <laughs> Well, if you're like me, you've spent hours on YouTube watching videos of people trying to light their farts, and uh, that's never a good idea. No. Um, I mean, watching it's fine, but doing sure. it, no. Yeah, no. Sure, it's fun, but it can be really dangerous. Uh, for example, a 17-year-old guy in Australia, according to Yahoo News, who, quote, received burns to his bottom no. while he attempted to light his farts on fire. Now. Most people just take a Bic lighter. Mm-hmm. This guy really upped the uh, up the game considerably. He what he did was he took an aerosol can of deodorant and lit that, and then tried to light his fart with this flamethrower. No, essentially, no, that's not. That's first of all, that would be cheating. Yeah, it's true. That's true. That's not lighting your fart on fire. It's not at all. No, no. I mean, it would, but it would it would be lost in the current flame. That's right. It would be an awesome display of pyrotechnics, but a dangerous one. There's no way you can prepare your pork taint for that, and no way to differentiate between the fire exactly. of the fart and the fire of the hairspray. Just put the fire over here with, with the, the other, other fire. fire. It's also not uncommon during surgery if they're using one of those cauterizing tools. Mm. Uh, for a patient to fart and it catch on fire. No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that on Grey's Anatomy yet. I'm shocked. It's always good to have a surgical fire extinguisher standing by or, or maybe just a bucket of sand that you can throw in the patient's open chest cavity. I don't know. But here's another fun sciencey fart fact for you. <laughs> I've experienced this myself in the wintertime. Here in northern Maine, if it's really cold outside and you fart, you can actually see it. Like you can see your own breath. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. I'm not suggesting that you drop your pants when it's sub-zero. Well, maybe I am. I mean, that would be kind of interesting. An interesting experiment all in its own. Have you ever wondered how much room your farts take up? Oh, like... Like how they disperse? Well, inside you. Oh, inside me? No, yeah. I've never thought about that. Well, it, well, no, I suppose there have been some particularly painful incidents where I was like, ah, it's all, it's, it's throughout me. <laughs> like that. <laughs> In uh, 1991, 
Gastroenterologists at the Royal Hallamshire Hospital in Sheffield, England, published a paper with results of some of their research on the volume of farts. Okay. They determined that the volume of the average fart, regardless of uh, gender, body size, or time of day, was between 33 and 125 milliliters, with a median of 90 milliliters, or about three fluid ounces, roughly the volume of an airport-approved travel bottle. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, so. I can picture squeezing one of those airport travel bottles and it going... Phew. Yeah, right. That feels right. I've done that on an airplane, too. <laughs> Well, it's true we all have to fart from time to time, but choose your location carefully. In 2016, at a police station in Berlin, Germany, um, police asked a group of people to show their identification, and one of the perps, I love using that term, uh, just uh, lifted his leg and farted. Mm -hmm. And they get arrested? he, He was arrested and fined 900 euros for it. And it actually started what became known as the Crazy Toot Trial, which required the participation of 23 law enforcement officials. Um, And it prompted a huge debate over wasteful public spending. What was it, like assault? I, I, I don't know, just being disrespectful to law enforcement. I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing. Well, there was a guy in Melbourne, Australia. His name was Greg Short. Uh, he was a supervisor at an engineering firm. And he was sued by a former employee because the former employee said he worked in a a windowless office. Mm -hmm. And he said his boss, Mr. Short, would come in during office hours and uh, just let one rip and then close the door. And uh, (laughs) he thought that was funny. Oh, he did it on purpose. He did it on purpose. Yeah. You know, that was just something he did. So he was sued for 1.8 million Australian dollars or 1.3 million US. He denied being a serial farter. Oh. <laughs> but he did acknowledge that it, it was possible that he did let a few go near his employee from time to time. The court the court decided that hot boxing in an office uh, didn't ri- rise to the level of harassment, so Nothing? They dismissed it. Oh, see, I think he deserves something. That's just rude. <laughs> At least an air filter. Let's <laughs> let's find something, a nice ionizer for the poor guy. I mean, wouldn't that be like emotional distress? Like if your boss kept assaulting you yeah. with his ass air? <laughs> his farticles? I would think, yeah. But in Australia, apparently, let him roar. What was it that Shrek said? Better out than in? Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, holding a fart for too long can cause some serious medical problems. Not only is it ridiculously uncomfortable, but the gas will eventually become reabsorbed into your circulation system, and that can cause the farts to actually leak out of your mouth. What? Yeah. So our advice to you as as your doctor, um, <laughs> let them rip. Just uh, don't do it in a Berlin police station, I guess. And our last fun fart fact is about Gerald Ford, our 38th president, of the United States. He was a big farter. He was well-known as a farter. He enjoyed farting. He was certainly well-known by his Secret Service agents as a farter. These guys who had to guard him? Yeah. Ford Ford would fart and then blame it on the Secret Service. No. He would let it rip and then blame his Secret Service agents very loudly by saying things like, quote, Jesus, was that you? Show some class. No, what a dick. 
Gerald Ford, 38th president of the United States and my new favorite president. Well, he was just after... Nixon. Okay. And yeah. Nixon was right after Lyndon Johnson, who was that guy who would just pee all over He'd everyone where, and yeah. adjust his dick everywhere. And he would also, uh, with the Secret Oop, Service, with the door, with the door open. open, he'd make the Secret yes. Service stand in the stall Good with him. Lord, oh, Lord. Can we yeah. have some tact, some, please? Some decorum, if you will, please, <laughs> said the guy who just did 15 minutes on farts. <laughs> well, you're not the president. Thank God for that. Our Loop Show is going to be on the 27th of June, and this is the You Choose Our Tattoo Show. Oh, my God. We're going to get uh, the tattoo you choose while we're telling you a story what is the, live. What's, what's, what does that make me think of, Tattoo You? Well, that's a uh, Rolling Stones album. It was Rolling Stones. Okay. Tattoo You. Thank you. This is Tattoo Us. <laughs> Tickets will go on sale mid-month. We'll keep you posted on that. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you. And its fate is in your hands. Henceforth, the box of oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com On Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at BoxOfOddities and Instagram at BoxOfOddiesPodcast. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. What was the word I had you help me with earlier? Ecclesiastic. Okay. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The Big Picture Questions, and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.